Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Warrior Talk. This is Sean. This is Matt. And we are joined by uh, two very special guests. Hello. Hi, Hi. this is uh, Mrs. Stu. And Mrs. Sean. Oh my gosh. We are this on is our... how it's going to go, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we the asked, ladies we in asked the house. For it. We did. Uh, my two children are also running amok. The dog is outside, so who knows? This episode could go sideways real quick. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're different. We're awful. I don't know what yet. I don't think it'll be awful. No. It's going to be amazing. Very, very amazing. We're going to have a great time. Are you guys happy to be here? Do this with us? I'm ecstatic. I'm so excited. I've heard it, but I haven't seen it. So now I shall see. This is, you know. The magic. Behind the scenes. It's like the Wizard of Oz. It's like behind the curtain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we need to work on that video cast so that uh, we're able to show you guys the... uh, Okay, I don't know where you're going with it. Yeah, so you can see it happen every week. I get it. Well, you just touched my mic, which is rule number one. <laughs> oh. You never touch another you man's mic. You didn't tell us the rules. They were no so rules. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't there were no rules, rules laid down before this. All right. N- rule number one, you don't touch a mic because you don't know what it's going to do to affect the sound of what we're recording. Do we have to start over? No. No, we don't. Okay. No. So it's really not that big of a deal. Are you going to edit this out? Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This, this is this real is, life here, folks. Okay. Danville, we are so excited to be here today. Yep. It's the beauty it, of a podcast. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Keep it rolling. So, I, what are we talking about today? I was waiting for you to roll into a rap. No. <laughs> oh, I can rap. <laughs> no. All right. Looking back at the uh, last week's athletic events. Um, do you have some volleyball scores for us on Monday? I don't have scores, but I do have results. Uh, volleyball, you know, finishing the regular season out strong. Uh, they've traveled to Tri-West, won that, I believe, in four sets. Uh, then... Do you have their results from Frankfurt? Uh, Frankfurt won that in, I believe, straight sets. Awesome. Um, so th- they're going into sectionals really strong. Uh, they get that kick. We'll go over that here in a second, but they kick off Thursday. Their sectional is at Indian Creek. A little bit of a drive, but very cool gym. Um, if you've never been there, it's kind of like in a bowl uh-huh. a little bit. So Is it always at Indian Creek? No, it's not always, but it has been, I think, for the last at least two years. Yeah. So I, I don't know if the athletic directors, directors just kind of agree. Was there a volleyball them. realignment also? I don't believe so, uh, but I could be wrong. Yeah, all the sports might realign with the sectional, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, well, looking also at sectional scores... Uh, let's start with the, uh, the, the downer side of it. Uh, boys soccer started off with a strong win against Speedway on Tuesday night and then just met an opponent that we faced earlier in the season with Indianapolis Northwest who uh, came out very determined and uh, beat a younger uh, varsity team that we had for soccer. So a uh, tough end to the season, um, but the cool side of that uh, story is uh, girls soccer got came out with their first sectional title. Yes, in school history, and you know, my wife Jess, she played uh, soccer in high school. I kind of let her explain what, what, what was it like to see the girls soccer team win a sectional. Oh, it's amazing, just because it's, you know, I know first time in school history, and I think with sectional realignment, I mean, it gives that, Yes. I don't want to say that's obviously not the reason this is an amazing team, but it gives a better opportunity when you're not going against Avon, you're not going against Brownsburg, Ben Davis, like those are the teams we face. It just levels the playing field. In the day, yeah, it definitely levels the playing field, and, um, but yeah, these girls have been a lot of fun to watch this season, the games that I've gotten to, so. 
And it was against Lebanon, again, a team they went to PKs with earlier in the season, and they almost basically had the same, I won't say the same result, but the weather had something to do with it. Uh, uh-huh. They were in a rain delay at yep. halftime, so they didn't get start. The second half didn't get started until like 8.30 in the evening. 2-0 score, correct? Yes, 2-0. Uh, I think... Uh, Sarah Guy got a header in the very beginning of the yep. game, and then... I believe uh, it was Decker, Maddie Decker yep. scored again in the second half to make it make it a comfortable lead so yeah it's awesome and i believe their regional is at new palestine next saturday and they will play i can't remember yes that is correct they play chatard at 10 o'clock in the morning awesome very cool come Uh, out and support him yes if you can make it over to new pal it'd be awesome where actually is new pal i believe it's on the east side side, yeah. yeah It's it's a little bit of a drive. It's probably at least an hour, if not more. Okay, so if you're not camping this upcoming weekend, you should go <laughs> hang out. Grab some donuts on your way out of town. And yeah. watch the game. That's right. Uh, all right, so we also had, on Friday night, boys football senior night uh, against Woo-hoo. Western Boone. And uh, Matt and I were not able to be there uh, to watch the game. I was able to watch the game online. Was super thankful for that opportunity. Um you know, to me, it was exactly what Danville needed. You don't ever want to see a team struggle, but for them to go into uh, the last week of the season, heading into sectionals, knowing that uh, they can meet a team that played them hard uh, yep. and come out with a victory, I think is a great thing to have. Yeah, I mean, you don't like the moral victory. Uh, you know, it was a victory. It was a victory, yeah. And I, Western Boone had a great game plan coming in. Yep. They executed that game plan, but it still wasn't enough, which I think Danville deserves all the credit for that. They understood what they needed to do at halftime, which is give it to Schubert and Skinner. Right. All all second half, I think they ended up with like almost like 289 rushing yards on yep. the game. So it was just one of those grinder type games. Like it, it it's not pretty, right. but it gets the result you wanted. So yeah, I wish and I'm with you. They 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 hadn't seen anything closer than maybe like a 30 point game. I think all all year. Correct. So to be within one score, it, it literally came down to the last couple plays. There were Correct. a couple hail marys yep. there at the end. So to know that your team can grind out a, a close game like that. Stout defense by Danville. Oh yeah. I really wish you would have seen the game. Uh, I don't know who number 32 is. But he had one of those, uh, because I was able to watch it online, you got to see the replay, and yeah. they showed it over and over again. 32 blew up this blocker uh, when, when Wes, uh, Weebo was trying to run the ball, uh, sent him five yards back. I mean, it was one of those kind of like hallmark plays that you want to see on a defense. I think it electrified the sidelines, electrified the players on the field, and they were able to... And from what I understand, you know, Ben Stevens, I, I think, was kind of taken out of the game for the most part on the offensive side, but he made his presence yep. known on the defensive side. Ran a kid down. It looked like Weebo was about to score. Knocked yep. the ball out from behind yep. and yep. recovered the ball. Right. I mean, you can't. Right. I mean, you, can't, you don't. Game. Yeah, you don't. You can't teach that. I mean, the kid just has to want it more than the other guys. So. Right. It. It was awesome. Cool victory for senior night. I know yes. the boys would have preferred maybe a blowout, but I think that's one of those wins that they are going to remember for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So, um, Cool, very cool. On Saturday, the cross-country team was also back at it. Uh, we have going on to from the sectionals into the regionals, correct? Correct. Uh, Sam Comer and then Jack, Jackson Swisher. 
And then uh, from the girls' side, we have uh, Natalie DeHarsh, Rachel Clark, and Aaron Saters. So, yeah, Sam had another great outing, finished second overall, uh, and then Jackson Swisher finished fifth, I believe, yep. uh, individually. But the other runners from the boys' team finished high enough as well for the entire team yep. to qualify for the regional. Yep. And I, if I read it right, this is like the sixth time in seven years that the boys have qualified for the regional. So right. The cross-country team is doing something right. I know with Jackson Swisher being the only senior, there's going to be a lot of these guys coming back next year. So the cross-country team is doing something right. Yeah, very cool. Uh, all right, looking ahead at the uh, the week ahead of us for the athletic department. Yeah, I mean, we're all basically down to postseason stuff other than the football team. Uh, the volleyball team, like we said, they kick off on Thursday. At Indian Creek, uh, I believe they open up with Beach Grove. Um, that'll be at 6 o'clock. And then what do we got on Friday? Friday night, football traveling to North Montgomery for their uh, season wrap-up game. Uh, I know, I'm pretty sure if they win this game, they have won the conference outright. Yes, that, that is true. Friday night clinched a share with it because both Western Boone and Danville were undefeated going into that game. So as long as Danville takes care of business on Friday, Correct. Don't get <laughs> it'll be the outright. outright. And I think it's it'll be the first time an outright title since maybe 2012. Uh, last And then if they undefeated finished undefeated since 2002. 2002. So yeah. it's been a long time. And then uh, prepping up the week, Saturday cross-country regionals at Ben Davis. Uh, JB football will be home for their final game of the season against North Montgomery. And then, like we said, uh, girls regional soccer, 10 a.m. at New Palestine. And then uh, assuming that the volleyball team would continue uh, yep. what they're doing. Uh, no jinxes from us. Nope. Right. But None. they would have a game uh, Saturday for sectionals. It, I, fall sports are winding down. Uh, we're kind of like in that transition mode, but yeah. everybody gets to concentrate on, you know, the state tournaments. And I think it's easily, it's kind of, a lot of coaches call it the second season. The regular season is over, but it doesn't matter what your record is because everybody gets in. So as long as you're playing well and, you know, that's what, I mean, any given, yeah, any given day. So looking, looking ahead real quick on October the 28th, we have our girls basketball, their first scrimmage. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're chomping at the bit. Jess, uh, what would you say, just kind of, we don't want to go into a full-blown uh, maybe basketball preview, but just what's your first thoughts going into this new season for our varsity girls? I'm really excited for the season they have ahead of them because everything they did last year, getting to semi-state with the team that they had and only losing one senior, um, well, two seniors, one couldn't really play much, but um, yeah, I'm just excited to watch these girls. I know that they've been working hard all summer. A lot of them have been putting a lot of extra time in outside of open gyms, mm -hmm. outside of weight training. Yeah. Um, I've just seen them get stronger, get more focused. I think um, I've heard something that really helped them kind of get that focus was uh, Kaylee May took them to the state finals game. So they were able to, they were able to see what it takes to get to a state final. And then they've kind of had that drive, I feel like, right. throughout the summer to put that work in to get them prepared for the season. So I'm excited to see what the girls do this year. I think it's going to... I think it's going to be something to watch. So yeah. if you follow the girls or if you haven't, I mean, get out and support them this year. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty amazing, you know, what she was able to do and to keep your team focused, uh, even in, in, in an incredibly difficult circumstance, right? I mean, that's a tough loss. 
Um, yeah. But to be able to then take that tough loss and refocus them. I know for us, uh, we had sectionals at home. And, you know, for boys soccer, you, your desire and your dream is to win sectionals at home. And, uh, you know, when we lost, you know, we, we honored our three seniors and told them uh, just the legacy that they were going to leave. And, and truly, uh, one of the players, uh, Bryce Poindexter, just a phenomenal kid who worked really hard. You know, I think he's left a great imprint. Uh, but when that was over, you know, I grabbed our juniors and we talked about what do we want to do next year and to take this moment in. It sucks. It's not something that we want to experience again. So, no, that's really cool. Good insight. All right. I think, are we, are we ready to do this? Let's do it. Might as well. Let's do it. Go ahead, Matt. Lead us. So, we kind of teased it. I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, but you always know kind of the, all the details of certain events that happen in your life. And, you know, we like to talk sports. So it's kind of one of those, where were you when mm-hmm. anything can happen? So we're kind of just going to go through and, you know, highlight some sporting events that, you know, are just really vivid in our minds about, you know, how old we were, what year, who was around us, you know, whatever happened. And we may even get into some personal stories yeah. as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, who's going to start us off? No. Jess is over here shaking her head. I'll start out. I got a couple. So the first one that just absolutely jumps out to me is the 1998 uh, NBA playoffs, Eastern Conference Finals, Bulls, Pacers, and it's known as the the Uh Uh, push-off. It's unbelievable. So the Pacers were down one, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Pacers were down one. They had the ball on the sideline. Michael Jordan is guarding Reggie Miller. I mean, I, I think everybody in the right. entire arena knew who it was going to go to. I don't care what Reggie Miller says. He just took both hands and shoved Michael Jordan out of the way. He got the inbound, and he was probably at least five or six feet beyond the three-point line when he caught it, just turned and just at, just drilled this three. Crowd goes crazy. This is in Market Square Arena. Right. 98, yeah, still would have been Market Square Arena, I believe. Crowd's going crazy. You would have thought they had literally just won the game, but there was still like 0.3, 0.4 seconds left. So Bulls call a timeout, and this gets lost, I think, in a lot for a lot of people. They inbounded it from half court. Michael Jordan <laughs> grabs it and turns and almost banks in a game winner on that thing, and... <laughs> no one ever remembers that because the Pacers ended up winning. Right. But I knew exactly where I was. I was in the basement of a friend's house. We were all like parents, everybody. His name was Patrick Turner, big old finished basement. And like we just kind of sat there and watched it. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's one of my very vivid memories of a sport, sports event. So Awesome. What do you got? All right. So mine isn't like this incredible sports event. But I know exactly where I was. I know exactly who I was with. And Sean, you'll appreciate this story, okay. Matt says. So it's 2003 when the national championship game football mm-hmm. happened. Yes. It's Miami, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yes. And my vivid memory is watching Willis McGahee's knee just get, destroyed. get obliterated, yeah. basically. Yeah. I knew exactly who I was with. It was Matt, yeah. our whole group of friends. We were in Kim Birdwell's basement out at their house. Um and just, I feel like they replayed that knee injury like a thousand times. And we just sat and watched and just like 
I have it on DVD. Just imagine a bunch it. of juniors <laughs> in high school just going nuts watching this guy's knee fall no, apart. No. And, it, and then and it t- for them to end up losing in double overtime, I mean, I, it was just... Because I, I, I can remember that, too. It's like his... Not to get too gruesome, I guess, with it, but... Like his the fact leg he, like formed around the guy's helmet. Yeah. Like oh my just, gosh. The fact that he was, was able oh. to recover and play in the NFL and have a right. good it's career amazing. in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Well, that's not my moment, but I will definitely jump on that moment because I can remember coming home from college, uh, watching that with my dad. Uh, you know, when I grew up watching Ohio State football, there was a certain side of the couch that I sat on when I watched them, and so I sat on that side. There was a blanket that I had on. Uh, had it there on the couch. Uh, had my jersey on. I mean, I just never. I've never seen you know them win a big game like that before. So yes, I'm with you. That was very awesome, babe. What, what about you? All right. So so my uh, most memorable sports moment is not so much about like people or scores, but as I can remember where I was. It was the summer of '96, and it was the Summer Olympics. They were in Atlanta, so it was already a big deal that there was. You know, it was in the United States, our home country, and everything like that. And um, I was at my friend Jennifer's house, Jennifer Randolph, and we were, um, I wasn't even in gymnastics or anything like that. I just loved watching the Olympics. That was something that my family always looked forward to, whether it was winter or summer, whatever it was. And uh, it was Carrie Strug, and she was part of the Magnificent Seven that year, which was, um, you know, a big, the, the women's gymnastics team. There was a lot riding on them. They had a lot of, like, expectations and a lot of pressure, and Carrie Strug was up for the floor vault. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember exactly what happens, but she, she did something, and she landed on her ankle, and you could tell that she had hurt it. But she still had one more run to go. And so she, you know, everybody was like, I just remember the living room was like complete quiet. My my friend had three sisters and her parents were there, but nobody was saying a word. And um, we just remember the moment where Carrie just like straightened her shoulders and she just like put everything back, stood up real straight. And she just like mustered it all. And she was like dead set on just running that vault and all of her like intention and focus was on that vault and she just like took off running on that ankle that like you knew was hurting and she just did that vault it was perfect and she stuck the landing and as soon as she stuck it then she just like crumbled and um her coach had to come up and get her and carry her off Um, but she wound up getting like i think it was like a 9.7 was her score and just i mean oh that was that made me want to be a gymnast, and, and I'm not a gymnast. <laughs> but that summer, I was 14, 15, and I wanted to be a gymnast. There's few, like, sporting events, like, that can do that to you, right? Yeah, international events. Right. Like, when it's for your country, right. yeah. all the fans get behind it, whether yes. it's World Cup. I know you and I are, yep. you know, World Cup's great. Uh, Olympics for me, I'm a golfer. Ryder Cup is right. always like I I I got a story for that too. But like you, there's certain events, you know, gymnastics, whether it be I'm still a little too young for you know the dream team. Like I'm sure some people know exactly. Right, because it's hard now because basketball we're so dominant. I mean, there yeah. was that one year mm-hmm. where they fielded a garbage team in Spain. I think it was won the whole thing. Yeah. But I mean, right. gymnastics seems to be that sport that kind of uh, supersedes everything because it's just everybody is so kind of like in it together and and few uh, people are truly really good at it and the people who are really really good at it are doing it and they do incredible things that the rest of us just kind of sit back and be like whoa Mm -hmm. you know like I can do a cartwheel 
I can shoot a basket. I'd love to see you do that. <laughs> <laughs> we just wait for the video cast, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but I think it, and especially with something like the Olympics, it just like, you know, as cheesy as it may sound, it brings the world together when there's yes. those moments of courage and, mm-hmm. you know, people are asking her about it for the rest of her life. Well, yeah. those Atlanta Olympics, there's the bombing that yeah. happened. Yeah. I, right. Like it yes. was early on, maybe it was like day one right. or two or something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. it's like you had this heightened sense of everything anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Country needed something. Yeah. So for me, uh, my mom, m- one of my most memorable sports moments uh, happened in 2010. This might be a little too close to home. Uh, I was in Mexico, and I was on a mission trip. I was in Guadalajara. I was watching this game on a 13-inch TV, <laughs> right? Snowy, kind of like it was not snowy outside, but it was snowy uh did I say that you're right? Yeah, no, you're good. I was okay. just looking. Okay. Uh, you know, so you're kind of barely seeing it. It's certainly not high definition, not even standard definition, right? Like, it's like when we were growing up, kind of uh, mess with the rabbit ears. But it was the Duke Butler uh, championship oh, I'm game. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge Duke fan, and I, I really actually grew to love Butler. I mean, who didn't grow to love Butler during that tournament? Uh, Gordon Hayward just was a great class act um but you know your team is my team is duke and so as much as you kind of love the story of butler you're always going to root for your team and i can remember watching that game seeing duke make that last second shot which wasn't truly a last second shot and then butler gets the ball back and gordon was so close inches Uh, maybe not even inches maybe an inch from just banking it in i remember i was i was in a buddy's bedroom we were watching it on an itty bitty TV too, and we just both kind of just stood up and like, ooh, yeah, like we couldn't believe it. I mean, <laughs> the story was great. The final four was in Indianapolis, right? I mean, yeah, was, yeah, I'm with you there. That's a good one. Now, I mean, I'm just gonna jump straight back into dude basketball. I mean, the I I don't remember it, so I can't necessarily you know use it, but the Leitner shot. Yeah, I mean it's something I relive every year because I despise Kentucky and <laughs> just watching that. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome. So I, I mentioned the Ryder Cup. So another one for me is is the '99 Ryder Cup and going into the final the, the singles matches on Sunday. I think the U.S. was down like four points, which four points in the Ryder Cup is a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think they were down like ten six. The Europeans only needed four points to clinch, and the Americans made this huge morning charge and I think took the lead late. And I remember I was sitting in the living room with my dad and a friend of his, uh, Rex Leach. And I, I don't know exactly what we were doing, but we had it on. And Justin Leonard had this like 40, 50 foot putt. If he would have made, if he made it, he was going to probably, you know, clinch the cup uh-huh. for the Americans and we all just sat there and we just watched this thing. And he, I mean, he, he rolled it right in and everybody was going nuts because it was in the United States that time around. So the crowd's going nuts. All the players that had already played, the captains were all watching this, this match. They charged the green, like just super excited. And I think it was controversial at the time because the guy he was playing still had a putt for birdie as well. Stomping on the green. Yeah, it's like, man, and Justin Leonard, who had just made that putt, was very, you know, aware. Yeah, he was aware of that. It's like, God, we need to get, he still got a putt. 
a putt to make, but he ended up missing, clinched the cup there. And like you said, it's like when it's USA versus like everybody else, right. it's like you feel that much more invested in it. So yeah, I was really glad to see uh, US win their soccer match on Friday night. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't get to watch that again. You know, the World Cups every four years for USA soccer to not get into the World Cup puts them, you know, almost eight years out from the next one. It's just not. It's, it's not good. So, uh, cool. You guys got any memorable moments that you were a part of? Like that you were in a game or anything like that? I do. My senior year of high school. Uh, so, in our in Hendricks County, it's basically, when it, it's, when it came to basketball, it was Avon Browns were playing field and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, you were fighting for fourth place, third or fourth place, maybe. Right. So, senior year... County, we uh, I think we had the bye that year. We played Plainfield in our first round game. We went to double overtime with them, got out of there. So we're in the championship on Saturday night, and we're expecting maybe to play Brownsburg. It was Brownsburg and Cascade in the other semifinal, but Cascade had a really good year team that year. So we play them. So you got the two two of the you know, three smallest schools in the county playing for the county championship. I think Cascade hadn't won it since, like, 82, 83. We hadn't won it since, like, 86, 87. So so this is 2005. So we're talking 20-plus years since either one of these schools have won a county championship. Right. It, it literally goes down to the wire. Uh, it was tied with, like, 45 seconds to go. Cascade had the ball. Uh, one of their guards made a break for it. Took a shot, missed it. It was a scramble for the rebound. I grabbed it. I called timeout with like maybe eight seconds left. And we drew something up. And our best player at the time, Lance Robinson, came off the screen. And he was probably like three feet beyond the three-point arc. And just, I mean, he just drilled it. He just drilled it. And it was probably maybe like 1.1 seconds left after that. And they never even got a shot off on the other thing. And it was it was nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. So it was really cool to be a part of that because you're like the first team to win in a long time. Right. So cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. One yes, of mine. Too. So one of mine was. Um, I have a couple, but I'll do a soccer one first because we got the girls going to regionals in soccer. One of mine. I never. We never won a sectional in soccer, but um, we won conference every year um, that I played. One of my most memorable moments was in a sectional. I don't remember if it was the first round or the second round, but we made it to the sectional finals that year. And to do that in our sectional at that time, you had to beat Avon. You had to beat Brownsburg. Right. Or you had to beat. So we actually took on Brownsburg. Our entire method that game was just defense. I mean, just play defense and get to a shootout. That was our goal. And we ended up being able to do that and then beating them in a shootout um, to go to the sectional final, I think, against Ben Davis, who we lost to. But just that memory of you know taking down one of the big dogs in the sectional at that time mm-hmm. um it was just so memorable for me i was a freshman at the time and i actually got injured in the game prior to that i don't remember who it was against at that time maybe try west i don't know who else was in our sectional i got injured at that time and the injury didn't really present itself until that brownsburg game started so i was on the sidelines the entire game mm. watching our team do this um it was just incredible it was incredible to just watch the team rally and just I mean, defense to the max and then take it to a shootout and, and take down Brownsburg. It was amazing. So, yeah, that's that's a huge memory for me. Cool. I uh, you know, I don't have too many 
magical memories or anything like that. I do remember in a seventh grade playing football as a defensive end. Uh, it was towards the end of the game trying to wrap wrap things up. Uh, we were playing against a team called Bridgetown, and uh, for some reason I, I went off my block and followed the tight end and just literally turned around and the quarterback threw it. I grabbed it like on the side. Uh, fell down. I just remember my coach being pumped. So I, mean, <laughs> I was kind of shocked that I actually did something positive. So it was cool. Very cool. Well, and I'm from Oklahoma and I, I played almost every sport, but I wasn't very good at any of them. So <laughs> I was on a varsity soccer and track and softball and basketball, but did not um, excel highly at them. So, you know, I don't really have any. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. That was a great story. I have one as kind of like a coach. It, the, the game itself wasn't like really significant, but I think it was, it would have been two years ago. We had just come off a, like a bad loss against Tri-West uh, at home. So then the next night we had to travel to McCutcheon, who, mm. you know, bigger school. Right. And they were ranked like second or third in 4A at the time. So we're, we're going into that. And two of our starters were out. One was sick. One was hurt. So we're going into this game like, what? Oh, this this could be bad. This, right. this, this could be brutal. So everybody was playing that night, freshman JV, uh, varsity. I was coaching my freshman in the other gym. We had just won our game. So I, I was feeling pretty good. JV didn't have as much luck. It was a struggle for them. And then we get to the varsity game. And me and the JV coach were looking at each other. It's like, well, huh? What's I mean, what's this gonna be like? But I tell you what, we played the game of our lives that that night, mm-hmm. and they still like we as well as we played. It was still a one possession game late. Wow. And Alec Burton late. They played like this zone. Alec Burton find finds Jake Elliott in the corner, and just hit, hits a three with, I don't know, maybe. Couple seconds left. Mm-hmm. Couple, uh, couple seconds left to put us up, and it's like holy cow. Yeah. Because I remember even mm-hmm. Jess coming up. She was coming up for my game, and she's like, "Well, should I stay for the varsity game?" And I was like, eh, "It's up to you. You may want to leave at halftime. This could be a blowout. Right. You know, our leading scorer is out. Right. Another guard is out. So then in the first quarter, I was like, we right. played well. I was like, okay, yeah. all right. It was one of those games where you sat there in the crowd. I mean, it was just so excited when we would do something well and then so intense when right. you're just watching and waiting and seeing like is this really happening you're like, waiting for other what's the other uh, uh shooter drop or something yeah, you know yeah, I mean? like, yeah. Right. you're just waiting for it to be like oh we played three good quarters you know when's mccutcheon gonna turn it up and you know just kind of put us out of our misery or you know what I mean? right so and then to watch them win it was amazing i had that same feeling watching chatard game last year it was like is this really oh happening? the football game yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a great episode with Casey Woods. By the way, if you've not listened to it, it's on our podcast history. Um, you know, as a coach, going thinking, I was just trying to think through moments that I've had. And my very first season, we had a game against Lebanon. Uh, we were at Lebanon. It was uh, JV. You know, just stunk it up. I hate to say it that way, but it was just a very frustrating game. And I remember coming into the varsity huddle, just fired up, frustrated, just ready to get our guys going and uh, just gave them a very passionate speech. And, and we found ourselves down 2-0 pretty quickly. And Lebanon's one of those teams that you just, you know, they're always competing. 
uh, especially in soccer, they seem to always have uh, just the same uh, team, very physical, very strong. And so being down 2-0, just coaching and just trying to yell to encourage your guys. And I remember, uh, I believe Noah Farnsley, who was a senior that year, got the first goal. And all of a sudden, you know, you're like, man, you feel you feel this, like, could this happen? Could this kind of change? And uh, it will never, I will never forget the moment. Uh, there's a player, uh, his name is Jordan Ulis. He's uh, serving in the military now. And uh, he was running down the left side of the field and uh, just kind of the player laid off of him for some reason. And he took a shot out of the box and put it up or 90. I mean, it was just like one of those like so amazing moments. I remember running onto the field, which was a no-no. I'm like, oh, <laughs> got to get off. You know, it's like moonwalk off the field, you know, so the ref thinks it's cool. Um, but, man, it was just, it was amazing, one of those amazing moments. Well, so- I feel like soccer is one of those sports, like, you're down two goals. That feels, that's like just really disheartening. But if you're down one goal, like well, just that one goal difference, it's like you go from... I don't know if we can do this too. Okay, all right, it's just one. Just so I'll be one. curious. I'll be yeah. curious what your perspective is in basketball. So in soccer, we tell our guys whether you're on the positive or the negative side of a two-zero leader or uh, uh, deficit, that that's the most dangerous thing you could ever be in, because all you need is that one goal, right. and all of a sudden your team believes, right? So either your team is believing, oh, we can get that next goal, or your team starts doubting we could possibly give up the next goal. So what do you think that is like Like 2-0? I mean, you're right. 1-0 is obvious. 3-0 is a very cushy lead where you feel good or, or it feels kind of out of reach. Yeah. It's all about like time and situation as well because I, I can go back to our sectional game against Beach Grove last year like we play we we were world beaters in the first half we were up 20 points at one point in the first half and we go into the locker room and we as coaches like we knew a run was going to come from beach grove they were too good of a team not to make that run right but i mean you're at the same time it's like you want to make sure these guys okay yeah you've got you guys played well but there's still a whole nother half to play right so there's no league right. that's comfortable, right. I feel like, in basketball right. until, like... Until the very last seconds, and you're, you're up right. two possessions, and there's not enough time for two possessions. That's the only time I ever feel comfortable. You're right. I don't know about you. You're even right. then, Reggie probably Miller. at the high school level, no, even Miller. then you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. I mean, you think the Reggie Miller. Zero. Eight yeah. points in, what, 13 seconds? Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, it's, You're right. That's that seems a little. I bit think, more... and, and the mindset of a coach and a player is totally different too. Like as a coach, you no lead is ever safe, right. or no no deficit is ever insurmountable. But right. at, it's very easy as a player if you're up twenty and be like very complacent and be like, ah, we got this in the bag and it's easy to coast. So correct. Well, even I think about our last uh, second to last regular season game, we got three goals in three minutes. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, still want to watch that video, but yeah. I will I will help you out with that. Yes, very good. <laughs> Uh, very cool. I uh, want to move into a new segment that we want to highlight uh, now weekly, and we'll just call it uh, This Week in Sports History. And That's fair. so uh, looking back in sports history on October the 6th, 19, or, ooh, 1882 was the very first World Series game, the Cincinnati Reds, I believe. I actually have no idea what the mascot was. Red Leggings. It was probably Red Leggings back then. Uh, they beat Chicago, and they had a four to zero 
win let me let me ask you this question kind of based off of the you know the historical fact why do you think baseball has fallen off the map I'm not sure to be perfectly honest like I grew up playing baseball up till I was about 12 so I mean I still like baseball but my dad kind of put a golf club in my hand mm-hmm. and then it was it was kind of over I think it's just the I don't know the variety of sports that are out there now. So a lot of kids are just kind of getting pushed one way or the other. And then I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even like when you think about what's on TV, where you are in the middle of the playoffs. Yep. Uh, but it just doesn't seem very exciting. I would agree. It is a slow paced game. I mean, to be perfectly honest, that doesn't mean I don't like it, but I think that turns a lot of people off. I mean, you got basketball, that's literally up and down mm-hmm. all the time. Offense, defense, even football. Some people complain about football even. I mean, yeah, you got that one play lasts for 10 seconds maybe right. at the most. Right. And then you got 30 yes. seconds before the next one happens. Right. You just so wait it, or there's a commercial. <laughs> yeah. And then, but football, you know there's going to be action in that mm-hmm. 10 seconds. You're whereas hoping. baseball, yeah. Whereas baseball, you get swing and a miss. <laughs> well, right. and you and I have talked about this too, where with baseball, they play so many games right. that if you're going to follow a team, I mean, that's a big commitment right. to mm-hmm. watch that many games to follow them throughout a season. A football team plays 16, 16 games versus yeah. baseball plays, what, 100? Now, I feel like if I moved back to Cincinnati ever, I would buy, I would want to buy a half season package or something like that. And I think that I'm with you there because going to a baseball game is much different than watching a baseball game on TV. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's the experience. Like, he, dads will still take their kids to baseball right. games. You may watch, like, actually two innings of it, but you're there, you have the hot dog, you're, you're buying, you know, a hat or, or it's Hot dogs? Or, yeah, hot dogs. Yeah. It's just, right. It, it's there, but, I mean, mm-hmm. the experience of the baseball game is great. Watching it, like, on TV, you're always going to have your diehards. Do you feel like the Cubs winning the World Series last year kind of took away that last bit of, like, baseball mm-hmm. lore that people were longing for? Uh, I don't Do you know. feel like there's anything left? No. I mean, I guess an Indians fan might say something, but we don't really care about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Cubs fan, I mean, the Cubs in general, it's like, Did you like what we it? were talking about. Did I mean, you watch the Cubs? I watched, the series? I watched it all the way up to the rain delay. I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't go anymore. I mean, I get up at five o'clock in the morning, Right. but for... I would maybe like 80% of the country, they're going to be like, I know where, where, like we were talking about, I know where I was when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series for the first time in over 100 years. Yeah, I mean, I remember trying to watch it in my bed on my phone and my internet sucking and, you know, my (laughs) wife like go to bed. Because of the rain delay, yeah. I, just, I do remember walking downstairs. She stayed up and watched. Turning it he back on. He went to bed because the rain delay, and yeah. I'm like, I have to stay up. I'm, I'm so invested. I'm yeah. with you because it's like even, it's I'm history. not even a Cubs fan, but I feel like there's a, a lot baseball of, fan. I'm barely a baseball fan, but I feel like there were a lot of people like me who just wanted to see the story happen. Agreed. Yeah. And, and I for think, all the people who are Cubs fans, I wanted that for them. 
Yeah. And I think the experience of baseball, like what you're talking about, like people going to the games and things like that, that will always be like an American thing. Yeah. Yes. You know? And, and so those are like memories that stick with you. I remember yeah. going to Reds games with my dad when I yeah. was little. I mean, we used to go, my we they would have twenty five cent hot dog nights and mm-hmm. my dad would go and buy like ten for me and my sister and he'd bring them back and then he'd eat them all. You know? <laughs> like like these are the things I remember, you know, not so much about the baseball game, but you remember there being there sweating and eating the hot dogs. And, yeah. So I think that's what what keeps it alive for a lot of people, you know, and keeps it the spirit of it. Cool. Very cool. Uh, well, let's let's begin wrapping up our show. Um, you know, one thing that I think we all can kind of agree with, and even just talking about the Cubs and, and them winning the series, like, you know, I'm a Reds fan. You know, I don't really, I don't have much of an issue with the Cubs, but it's still like a rivalry, you know what I mean? But, like, you, you, you want it that feel-good Story, yes, um, and yes. I, I think I'm with you. we we see a lot in sports where it's very polarizing. There, there's a lot of anger uh, towards athletes. There's a lot of angst towards you know just different things that are going on. Uh, I think one of the things that that Matt and I, I mean, we just really kind of look to sports because it, it helps maybe take ourselves out of what's going on, and and there's something that just kind of like an overarching story that is amazing. And uh, I don't think it's something that we can always point out every week. Right. But I think that when we see a story and there's something that it's worth telling, because again, you're going to hear all the negative, you're going to hear all the things that are wrong, um, but we want to point out the right things. And we want to talk about Iowa football. Yeah, and I think we touched on this either like two or three weeks ago, possibly, just, just for a brief second. But yeah, what the... Iowa football team and their fans and that community is right. doing is like it gives you the feels like it's unbelievable it's so cool and I just saw uh, on game day I think it was this past week uh-huh. the head coach is literally directly yeah. affiliated with yeah with so if you don't know on. if you don't know what we're talking about Iowa uh, University of Iowa they play in a stadium called Kinnick Stadium and literally right next door overlooking the stadium is a children's hospital and uh if you've ever experienced a children's hospital i mean really i mean and we have you know two of the greatest children's hospitals in the state uh maybe in the midwest here in in our backyard uh the children's hospital and the kids that are there and there's a reason right yeah. i mean they've got they've got severe hardship and they've got a lot of things going against them. And uh, when, you, when you see a child struggling, you know, your heart goes to them. But so one of the things that these kids in this hospital next to the stadium, uh, they look forward to on Saturday is to go up and look out the windows and get to watch, uh, watch the Iowa Hawkeyes play. And so uh, the fans in Kinnick Stadium have begun to turn around at some point during the game. I they, believe it's at, at the end of the first quarter. At and, the end of the first quarter. And so they get to, they, they just turn around and they wave. And they wave to these kids, letting them know that... Uh, 70,000, isn't it? Yeah. 70,000 oh, yeah. fans mm-hmm. turn at the same time and wave. Yeah. Yeah, even, even the, and there's always a block of, you know, tickets, you know, of the stadium that are for the away team right. as well. So, and, and they get involved with it. And like, how can you not? It's right. like, yeah. it, it's so cool. It's unbelievable. I mean... Like, even when Iowa wasn't playing their home game, college game day, I think they were at Virginia Tech the week I, I, I saw it, they 
they did a wave. Like they had all the fans that were gathered around there and, and they did a wave. It's yeah. like, it's unreal. There's a video that goes with it, with the story that um, I happened to be in Sean's office one day, I think it was last Sunday, and it was up on his computer. So I just sat down to watch it, not even knowing what I was going to watch. And uh, all of a sudden I just like, oh my gosh, started crying. I had mm-hmm. tears all over my face. It, it's just insane. So we'll put the um, the link to that in the show notes because it really is awesome. You should, you've got to, Got to watch that. So it's it's really 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 good and just shows the heart of the game and and I love it. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I think Kirk Ferentz, who's the head coach of Iowa, uh, he he's directly been di- affected directly affected by it. And I think it was his granddaughter, yep. maybe. Yep. Had had passed away, and it's just yeah, it's yeah. Right, and so they were able to able to name one of the wings uh, after her, so that her memory lives on. So, anyways, we we just want to highlight it because it's it's easy to get caught up in frustration, uh, but to know that there is great stuff in sports and um, that sports can tell a pretty amazing story is, I think, something that we want to highlight. Got anything else? I think that's it. Thanks for letting us. We want to tease the. uh, the movie? We've talked about it a few different times. Uh, Might as well. Now that, now that we are, uh, well, we're kind of, Matt and I are kind of in this, like, gap zone where I'm done coaching, Matt's kind uh, of gearing up for his season. So we want to we wanna tackle, we just, we love movies. We've talked about this. And so uh, we're going to tackle The Princess Bride. What? So if there are, if there are anything uh, that you want us to research, any topics from that movie that you want us to discuss, we, are, we would love some feedback. Um, the name of the podcast is going to be The Coach's Film Room, and we're going to break down the movie like we would break down a, uh, a game film. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm oh, excited. This is I'm the first time hearing about this. Yeah, I want to hear that. I'm excited. I'm super pumped for this. That kind of mm-hmm. uh, tells you that they don't listen to our podcast. Are you? That's <laughs> <laughs> direct evidence. Oh, no. No, I listen sometimes. Um, so are you going to be taking requests on what movies can be reviewed in the uh, Coach's Film Room? We would absolutely love anybody to just give us a comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, done. All right. Got it. It'll okay. be good. Well, I'm excited. Warrior, uh, thank you so much for listening to us, and uh, we appreciate the outlet for us to be able to share. Thank you to our wonderful wives for uh, sitting with us. Ooh, thank you for thank having you. us. Yeah, it's fun. All right, Danville, stay classy. Peace.